This is the websites.ca podcast where we help Canadian small businesses build and maintain an effective website and online presence. Hello again, everybody. This is Sean Corbett with websites.ca marketing. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about your business value. I'm joined by Ben Isakov. He's a business breakthrough strategist and exit planning advisor with Congruent Clarity. So what he does is he helps business owners build and preserve transferable business value, then exit their business, maximizing the bottom line cash after the transaction. Ben, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much, Sean. Thank you very much for you and uh, websites.ca to bring this series. Yeah, for sure. Well, before we get into the, the topic, Ben, I was hoping you could just tell us a little bit about your background and, you know, why why should people come to you and listen to you about this topic? <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Well, uh, to make the long story short, um, I'm a mechanical engineer. Never worked as a mechanical engineer, though, but I've spent over two decades in quality assurance, uh, continuous improvement, and operations management roles. And before I decided to open my own firm, I had uh, the opportunity to work in uh, different environments. I worked for government and military organizations, large corporations, and family-owned businesses. All these gave me the ability, uh, you know, to see all of the pros and cons of uh, these different structures and to pick and choose what are the best practices that are working the best for a specific application. Um, at the core, <laughs> at the core, I'm a systems guy, and I consider my superpower to see business as a collection of separate processes, identify which are not working, and uh, explain it in, in a simple, understandable way so the owner can fix it. And that is uh, how we create the breakthroughs in the business. Interesting. So have you dealt with a lot of times where an owner thought their business was worth a certain thing only to find out when they went to sell it or exit that actually, you know, they were the, they were the intangible value and the business itself was not set up to really be valuable to the next purchaser, the next investor? Oh, that, that is, uh, yeah, that is so true. That happens all the time over and over again. Uh, there are a couple of different, um, ways that, um, uh, Business owners can can get hurt when they decide to exit, but that is probably the, the biggest one. Uh, when they think that the value of the business is way higher than the potential buyers are thinking. And uh, and don't get me wrong, there is it's it's not that there is no value in the business. There is, right? Uh people work hard to build it, but in, in many cases, what I see is um, and my colleagues as well, um Lots of the value of the business is uh, um, on the shoulders of the owner, their ability to run the business, their connections, their unique skills and experiences. So all of this adding uh, a lot, like, you know, running the business at the end of the day, they are the decision maker, take them out of the quotation and uh, the value of the business drops significantly. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if you know or not, but based on the studies done, uh, study done by CFIB, the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, over 60, uh, 56% of owners struggle to find qualifying successors uh, slash buyers. And for that, that exact reason, because, you know, they are hard to replace. They are wearing too many hats. 
Yeah. And, and so you said earlier, you described yourself as a systems guy. I would imagine, I always like to ask all of our guests, right? What is the biggest misconception about your topic? And I'm just going to take mm -hmm. a wild guess and say that people come in thinking they have certain uh, at intangible assets and you're probably going to come in and tell them, yes, but we have no systems so that we could, you know, swap you out, bring a new person in and have the, the whole thing run accordingly. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly. You are absolutely right. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, like it's enough to speak to to certain amount of business owners about their problems, and this problem will, uh, you know, pop up on you right away. Yeah, um, we, we, you know what, like there is a reason why it is like that, right? Business owners, entrepreneurs in general, they decided to be in the business because they wanted to do things the way they, they want to do. They want, they, they, the, the way that they think is the right way to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And they build the systems and they build the business around their capacity and, and around their ability. And uh, each each one of us is, uh, you know, different. So if you are taking this uh, custom build around your business and you want to fit it around somebody else, it will not always work. So yeah, exactly like you're saying, uh, what I'm doing is I'm saying, okay, well, let's make it all size fit, fit all kind of thing, right? Let's wrap it up with procedures, streamlining the processes, okay? And make the business less business uh, owner centric. Right. Mm -hmm. And does that require a lot of documentation on your part and, and creating procedures and so on? Well, you know what? Uh, if you remember my background and quality assurance, uh, and I happen to be a certified um, uh, lead uh, auditor for uh, for ISO 9001 series of, of uh, standards. Yeah, procedures and documentation are very important. I, I say it this way. If, uh, if you do something differently each time you are doing that, you are incorporating too many variables. You are incorporating too many... Uh, seeing that can go wrong and uh, you are taking away the predictability of the process. And it is very important, especially in the business, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, so with, with that in mind, making things more predictable and systematic and so on, could we identify perhaps a couple quick and easy wins that our listeners could do right away to, to sort of improve and, and build that value into their business so that it's not so dependent on them? Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. You know what? There is a good um, example that everyone of, of the listeners right now can do. Uh, and it will require some time. It will require maybe like 15, 20 minutes of quiet time with yourself. And the most important, being honest with yourself. Okay? So it goes like that. Imagine you have to leave your business for three months unexpectedly, without any notice. Okay, you just, you know, you just received the message. Pack your stuff now and move out. That's it. Now, you've moved out. In three months, when you come back, how your business would look like? Okay, well, what is going to be the condition? Things will go wrong. Some of them will go wrong badly. Some of them are not that bad. So what I want you to do is uh, imagine this situation, kind of try to live through it, to, to believe in it, right? And then sit down and make a list of all the things that can go wrong. And you know what? Make, make it detailed. You know, every possible thing that can go wrong. Write it down, list it down, right? 
in one column. Second column, you can make it as, uh, okay, what are the consequences of it, right? Okay, that will goes wrong, what is next? So you will end up with a big list of things, okay? So uh, when you have the list, I can con congratulate you because actually that can be a basis for your uh, improvement work. So what you do, you are taking this list and you know, you're looking on each one of these items and you're saying, okay, well, how I can eliminate or reduce it? So for example, you know what? A simple, simple example, like um, we speak about, I speak a lot about business continuity, right? Mm -hmm. uh, as simple as uh, banking uh, passwords banking accounts passwords right like if a decision maker is not around you you know you something god forbid happened to you yeah. business must run somebody needs to pay bills right if nobody except you has an access guess what is going to happen to your business right right everything gets frozen yeah you know Absolutely. that relates that relates a lot to us at websites.ca because when we're setting up different accounts for people you know sometimes you'll get a website and then you'll also get a google account and so on um, you know, we'll always keep one set of passwords, but then what we encourage the business owners to do is to find one other person in the organization they can give some of the key passwords to so that at least two people, right, have admin access and have passwords for precisely what you said. Well, yeah, absolutely. And redundancy is the key in here. And I, I like I've heard lots of good stuff about websites.ca and the procedural base that you have behind everything you do. That is invaluable. Like, you know what? Like many businesses like yours will not do that. And it is such a simple fix, right? For a future disaster. Yeah. Okay. Now that's a great example. Well then, so let's talk about that. You know, someone, a business, you come in and you help them make a list of this stuff and you start to order it and go, okay, this is probably the most important thing we could tackle first and so on. And you kind of take as many of those, those variables off the list as you can. Could you tell us a story or two about like a specific time that you helped a specific business? Um, you know what? There is one that I like to share uh, more often than others. Um, a client of mine, uh, still a client, uh, we are still ongoing, small small service firm. Uh, and and he, he was pretty stuck in his business. And you know what? He was like, it's a, it's a great business. Like, you know, good cash, like really like good solid cash flow, uh, but he was uh, wearing too many hats in the business. And uh, when he was, uh, like, when he decided that he wants to get out, because, you know, 60 hours weeks are too too much for him, and he's, like, uh, an older gentleman, uh, he found out that nobody wants to pay for the business the mu as much as he thinks it was. So what happened is uh, he was doing his sales. He was doing his marketing and he was micromanaging his operations. Okay. And nobody could do it the way that he does, especially on the sales side of it. So when we started working with him, what, what we did is we kind of, uh, I said, yeah, you know what? Maybe one person cannot replace you. Right. But three people can. So we deconstructed his position into three different ones, sales, marketing, and operations supervisor. So uh, we worked on the definitions of each one of these positions and what uh, this position is supposed to take care of, you know, responsibilities, authorities, and all of this stuff. 
And, uh, and when he was happy with the definitions, we assigned the supervisor position to one of his team members, and we, we started to train him to do it. As, as, much as, as soon as he started to delegate stuff and his team stopped coming, uh, you, know, you know this, uh, hey, boss, right? Yeah. Like yeah, every yeah. business owner will. Hey, boss. Yeah. Yeah. When we cut it down, right? Uh, when we cut it down, all of a sudden, he, he started to get, have more time to close more sales, generated more cash. Some of this cash went into outsourcing the marketing, bring up more of his time. And then more cash started to flow in, and we hired a partial uh, part-time salesperson, sales rep for his business, and he's uh, in training right now. So doing all of this uh, created a condition when all of a sudden the business is not that much relying on him, but on his team. So we started to work on a couple of different things. And of course, the documentation of the of the operations. So we we will reduce uh, even further the a boss kind of things. Yeah. So yeah, that that would be like one of my best examples. Like that goes by the book pretty much. I'd imagine that's a very big mental hurdle for most entrepreneurs to accept that they're going to have to hire. A, let's say in your example, the salesperson example. Um, it's hard for them to accept they're going to have to hire someone who can close 50% as well as they can and just be okay with that. Well, yeah, that's true. You know what? Um, that is super true. Like oftentimes people start businesses because they like to do whatever, whatever is the core competency for them, right? They are passionate about it. They like it. Um, not, not as much as their team. Like one of the things that we often uh, expect our team to have the same level of dedication that we are, but but that's our business, not theirs. They are just employees. They can be super good employees, but uh, they are still employees. And and uh, yeah, we have hard time to delegate. You know what? If you know, like everyone is going by, if you want to do it, if you want it to be done right, do it yourself. Mm-hmm. But that is so wrong, so wrong. Like there is there is more ways from A to B that you can do. And I say the true delegation starts when you say somebody to go from A to B and you don't look what exactly they are doing and you only care if they are at the point B at the right time. And that's it. Yeah, so that's a really good point. And actually, we've been talking this whole time about exiting the business. But I would imagine if if you've got a younger fellow, let's say somebody who does um, more of a manual type business where they're on the tools, if they want to grow... They want to, you know, they want to get that second truck or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to have to do the exact same thing you're saying right now. It doesn't matter about selling the business. It matters about if they're constantly out there on the tools every day, their business is never going to grow. They're never going to get more equipment, more things and be able to multiply their time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's one of the things, you know what? I don't like, um, like it's, it's kind of like two popularized and and there are different opinions about it but uh if you think about it when you are in the business you can manage it or you can run it if you run the business you are not the business owner you're you're just self-employed and when you are self-employed and you do it all all by yourself you are not leveraging the 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 most valuable uh asset that you have your time and when you when you say okay well you know what I want to grow my business I want to work on it I want to manage it and not to run it 
you say, okay, you know what? Yeah, like you said, I'm okay to hire somebody that will do 50% of my sales. But, you know, it still makes me money. And I'd rather have this 50% and gain more of my time to do something that will leverage and, you know, generate me uh, more money to me. Mm -hmm. um, I speak, if you are familiar with the concept of, uh, you know, 10, 100, a thousand and ten thousand uh, dollars per hour tasks, right? Yeah. So you can spend your time on each one of them, but guess which one of them will generate you more revenue? And yeah. and, and also in, guess guess which one the business owners will obsess about being done perfectly. It's sometimes the ten dollar an hour tasks that they'll obsess about being perfect. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Coming back to websites.ca, like your you 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 know what? Uh, the amount of time that I myself will spend on trying to fix my website, you know what, divided by the, by the amount of time, uh, amount of money that you will charge me will come up in a, such a low, uh, such a low rate. And I'm saying, okay, well, yeah, you worked on your website all by yourself. You've saved 50 bucks. That is cool. What is your hourly rate? Well, what do you mean? I mean, like, yeah, how much money your business is doing in, 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 in an hour? Well, $200, $300. Okay, well, now you've fixed your website. You say you saved $50. I'm saying you lost $150. Yeah, and that's 100% true. And that applies right? to, yeah, and it applies to things like, is the shade of purple the right shade of purple? And at a certain point, you have to think, well, no one, no one actually will notice that but you, and it doesn't matter. And you could have made money in the meantime doing something else. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, that's that's perfect. I'm, this is kind of a weird, out of the blue question, but just be on this particular topic, um, I was dealing with uh, as a contractor for a business owner once, and she had created her whole consulting business based around having contractors rather than employees. Mm -hmm. And when when a business a value like a value specialist came in, they told her you should revamp your whole system and actually have a whole bunch of staff, actually employees, as opposed to contractors, because that'll add more value to your business. Is that, that it was just a random idea. I've never heard that before. Is that something you would generally agree with or does it depend? Well, uh, it depends on the system. It depends on the system and it depends on the, uh, on the way that you are outsourcing the stuff, right? Hmm. Uh, there is, by the way, there is a big difference between outsourcing and subcontracting, right? So first of all, was she outsourcing everything or she was uh, uh, subcontracting some of the work? Yeah, it was closer to subcontracting because the idea behind it was that in her particular uh, case, she was doing a lot of work with municipalities and fire departments. And so you needed credentialed people around as, as um, expert consultants in those areas. Mm -hmm. So she could be a generalized consultant, but what she would do, which is really smart, would go out and and basically retain the services of five or 10 retired fire chiefs and then deploy them as needed so that they didn't have to be collecting a salary when they weren't doing anything. But when they were called upon, they were getting paid very handsomely for their time. And so everybody was kind of benefiting. But the way the consultant person looked at it, the business value consultant, is they were valuating all those people that she was using as zero because they weren't around all the time. Mm, well, I will disagree with that. Uh, it all depends on the contracts that she will have in place and okay. the track record. That's that's pretty much it. You know what? 
you will look at you will look on the track record of the business for the last uh, like three to five years. You will look on the contracts of the people that are doing the jobs on, on their credentials, right? And uh, if you can if you can prove or you can say, okay, well, that is my repeatable more business model, and that's how I roll. Like, well, you know what? Maybe the person that did the valuation was not. Uh, uh, understanding the business model the right way. Okay, no, that makes sense. Right, so if same thing with having plans and processes in place. If you have a contract with a retainer, with an uh, expert subcontractor, that's that's a reasonable thing that someone can plan into the future with, right? Well, absolutely. You know what, think about it this way. Uh, a supply chain or key customers, right? Yeah. Uh, key customers are a very important portion of the valuation of the business as well. But they are not on staff. They can change things on you whenever they want, unless it is not in the contract. Mm-hmm. But when when you value the business, you will say, "Well, you know what? Like, you know, these are the contracts. They are coming like every every quarter. That's what I do. This is our cash flow. That's our predictions, right? And it is part of the valuation. So yeah, I'm 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 curious why the valuator was doing it this way, but without knowing like much of like more information, like I won't be able. Yeah, that, that. that's fair. And, and I might have misunderstood the explanation given to me too. So when, when we're talking about the value of a business, um, do you also take into account, say, the, the digital assets somebody owns? Like if they have a really robust Facebook following or they do have a really fancy e-commerce website or stuff online, does that, does that kind of go into it or that doesn't really matter that much when a business is being sold? Well, it does matter. Uh, my question always and what I'm looking, I'm, I'm not a valuator. I'm not a professional business valuator. Okay. I'm working with people, but, uh, you know, I will not do it. I, uh, my point is the following. I am all about numbers. If, if your website, and I will, let's back it back to you, right? If your sure. website is converting, you have the track record, you have all of the analytics of the performance of it, right? Mm-hmm. You can you can say okay this number of uh, that that number of money that I'm spending on my SEO returning the investment and that is how much money I'm going to get that social media exposure generating me that much traffic to my website which can be directly translated to my sales if you don't have all of these numbers and you just have followers um you know what? I, I had an experience with a person. He has 1.5 million followers on Instagram. That is huge amount, huge. But when he told me, I said, okay, that's fine. How many of them are your potential clients? Yeah. He have no freaking idea. Like, so what, what is the value of it, right? Yeah. Go online and try to sell a $1 t-shirt to all of them and see how many of them buy. <laughs> that's right. It's a fun experiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Okay, so again, it, I get it, we have to be clear in our thinking here. It all comes back down to systems. Whether it's the system of us doing Google Ads every month to you know spending X to make Y, or whether it's the system of every year uh, a painting company prints out this many flyers and distributes them in the neighborhood. If they can demonstrate that this system is set up, codified, proven out over time then of course, now we can start assigning a value to it and that'll help with our sale. Absolutely, absolutely. And then and then again, it comes back to the predictability, right? And when you have a business process streamlined and documented, you create predictability. Beautiful. Now, what I'm thinking, Ben, is if 
Another issue that entrepreneurs have that you already mentioned is they don't never have enough time and they have to run the day-to-day operations of the business and they have to do the things that bring them in the most revenue. So even if we give them the best advice right now, they're probably going to turn around as one of their main objections and say, well, I just, I can't stop the other stuff I'm doing to sit down and plan this stuff out that Sean and Ben are telling me about. And I think that's maybe where you come in and you could possibly help people. Well, yeah, you know what? That's that's uh, that the classical don't have time to sharpen the saw, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, I have a prime example. A past client of mine. Imagine like super, super, super cool guy, tactical, running a couple of businesses all at the same time. I wish I had a quarter of his of, of his capacity, you know, to run so many things all the all at the same time. Like really, I wish. Um, he was struggling with the business in general because, again, he, he never had time. We, uh, you know what, time and, like, there is, okay, first of all, there is a myth. There is no time management. You cannot manage anything that is not under your controls. You don't control time. You control tasks. So tasks yeah. management, okay? I started to push him toward uh, documenting what he does during the day. And uh, long story short, he was spending tons of time on the phone. We started to dig further into it, and we incorporated two changes, two reoccurring weekly meetings, okay, with his teams, and one phrase that he was saying when he was picking up the phone, can it wait until Friday's meeting? Yes? Okay, goodbye. Sean, 44% of his time back to his pockets. 44%. I have the, I have the express, Excel spreadsheets. It's unimaginable. Like I, I was, I was blown up. I was not expecting that much myself. Yeah. Uh, so we, we have, sorry to, to wrap it up. We have lots of activity that should not be done, but we perceive it as done. Uh, I would say, you know what? Like I, I'm going to post a video about Eisenhower matrix and four quadrants important uh, based on the importance and urgency. Like I really encourage, uh, I will send it over to you as well. I really encourage people to look into Eisenhower matrix. It will help to mitigate this uh, problem. Perfect. Okay. Well, so if one someone wants to go through the process of hiring you, how would they do that? Uh, well, there is like, there are a couple of ways uh, uh, a person can reach out to me. Well, first of all, like through LinkedIn uh, or through my website uh, registration form or through my email, uh, or they can call uh, call my phone number. Now, uh, all of these channels are available. Once again, I'm I am in the in the consulting space, so I want to be as available as possible to people. Uh, and but what I would like to offer is something different. Maybe I don't know if there is a way for us to share the, the a link. Yes, but we can, I have, absolutely. That that is fantastic, sweet. I have, um, I'm following a specific seven step system. Uh, it was developed by a business exit institute back in 1996, has specific concerns, deliverables for each staff, uh, step. And, you know, it works like, me- it is a methodology that I'm using, but it all starts with the initial exit readiness assessment. So what I wanted to offer to our listeners is to, uh, to go to my website and take the assessment. It is free of charge. Uh, it is an interactive tool. Uh, will take you though three, uh, four, six minutes to complete. But what you are going to get is a score 
of 16 different categories, business-related categories, that will score your readiness uh, for the exit. And, and it is a good starting point. Yeah, that would be great. Do you have the specific URL where I can send them for that? I yes, I do. Um, I can yeah, I can I can forward it to you right away. Perfect. Okay, so yeah, that's uh, we'll put that in the show notes, and obviously I'll get your phone number and everything there. That was congruentclarity.com, but I'm going to get the exact place you can go so you can do that free assessment that Ben set up. Yeah, that that'd be great. That's awesome. Well, last word goes to you, Ben. Is there anything else you want to say to wrap up this topic? Well, last thing that I would like to say, first of all, I want to thank you uh, and Ryan to uh, to invite me to the show. Uh, it is a very important subject. Uh, and uh, what I would like to say is, I, I cannot say that I don't care. I do care if you do it with me or, or you do it without me. But I care more about business owners out there actually doing it at all. So go stop for a second, check out what are your options and, and you know, and examine it and try to plan ahead because uh, too many people, I speak with lots of business brokers, too many people are coming uh, to their doors and they have to turn them back because the businesses are not sellable. And it is too bad. Like we, we are losing so much good stuff out there. So please, please plan. Please uh, make sure that your business is staying around when you are not. Beautiful. Great point. Yeah. You should have done it yesterday, but the next best time to do it is right now. Ben, Absolutely. I, ben, I really appreciate your time today. Thanks for chatting with us. Yeah. Thank you very much. If you're not satisfied with your current website or the service you get from your provider, you can switch to websites.ca for free and get a great support team behind you. Just visit websites.ca or email Ryan directly at ryan at websites.ca. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you next time. 